We get it. You're busy. You don't have time to waste on the mainstream media. That's why Salem News Channel is here. We have hosts worth watching, actually discussing the topics that matter. Andrew Wilkow, Dinesh D'Souza, Brandon Tatum, and more. Open debate and free speech you won't find anywhere else. We're not like the other guys. We're Salem News Channel. Watch anytime on any screen for free 24-7 at snc.tv. And on Local Now, Channel 525. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed it is. Seven minutes after the hour of nine o'clock as we get underway on this Thursday, the 30th and penultimate morning, love that word, of the month of May in the year of our Lord 2019. Thanks so much for joining us. We are going to make this day count. Holy goodness, the great guests that we have lined up for you today. Coming up in less than, uh, well, in about 10 minutes, actually, 10, 12 minutes, at about 920, our good friend, uh, Tom Zawistowski, president of the We the People Convention, the Portage Tea Party as well, is going to be joining us with his reaction that he sent out in an email blast yesterday to those who uh, receive those blasts uh, about the Mueller statement. We can't call it the Mueller report. The Mueller report was written 448 pages long. Now we also have to add to that the Mueller statement that he used to kind of, well, essentially invalidate parts of the Mueller report or at least muddy the waters. Uh, Tom Zawistowski did not like what he heard yesterday, and I invited him to come on and share that with us. He'll do it at 9.20. At 9.35, how about this? Unexpected Cursonau. The best kind of Cursonau. When it's free Cursonau that you didn't know you were getting. Peter will join us at 9.35 this morning to offer his thoughts on, again, everything that you heard yesterday from Bob Mueller, uh, what the Democrats are saying about impeachment from this point forward, and more. So that's coming up. At about 9.35 and then at 10.10, our good friend, uh, Dr. Everett Piper, former college university president, now best-selling author and noted speaker and pundit, will be joining us on a host of issues as well. So I've got three great guests for you today, and that's going to limit our amount of time to talk with one another, but that's okay. Get on. Here's the best thing I can advise. Get on hold and then put it, put it on speakerphone and go about your business. Just be there when I come to you because I will find times to come to you to get your thoughts on everything that went down, uh, particularly yesterday. All right. I do want to hear your thoughts. I do want to have that conversation. But we are going to have to pick our spots because of the crowded guest list that we do have today. Bob Mueller yesterday. 
The first volume of the report details numerous efforts emanating from Russia to influence the election. This volume includes a discussion of the Trump campaign's response to this activity, as well as our conclusion that there was insufficient evidence to charge a broader conspiracy. Let's hear that again. Our conclusion. That there was insufficient evidence to charge a broader conspiracy. One more time for those in the cheap seats. As well as our conclusion that there was insufficient evidence to charge a broader conspiracy. Does that sound, you know, unclear to you? Is there some sort of a, uh, some sort of a, uh, uh, a fogginess to that that I'm not aware of? Because the Democrats listened to Bob Mueller yesterday say that there is insufficient evidence to charge a, a conspiracy against Donald Trump or the Trump campaign. Conspiracy, by the way, is synonymous with collusion. Conspiring with one, colluding with one, they mean the same thing. We had no evidence to charge a conspiracy or collusion. That's an exoneration, except to hear the Democrats tell it, Bob Mueller just said impeach. Bob Mueller just said he would indict him if he could. Bob Mueller just said that there was insufficient evidence to charge a conspiracy against the Trump team, despite Russia's best efforts to make that happen. I'm I'm looking for the, 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 the fogginess here. I'm looking for the muddiness. I'm looking for something that is anything less than absolutely clear because there isn't anything. It is absolutely clear. That is an exoneration, no matter what anybody else wants to say or how they want to spin it. Now, as for that fogginess, as for that cloudiness, as for that muddiness, here it comes. And in the second volume, the report describes the results and analysis of our obstruction of justice investigation involving the president. The order appointing me special counsel authorized us to investigate actions that could obstruct the investigation. We conducted that investigation and we kept the office of the acting attorney general apprised of the progress of our work. And as set forth in the report, after that investigation, if we had had confidence that the president clearly did not commit a crime, we would have said so. That is one of the most ridiculous, uh, irresponsible, inaccurate statements that I've ever heard a public official give. What Bob Mueller just did there was turn the criminal justice system and the belief of innocence until proven guilty, upside down, backwards, inside out. That's what he did. All Bob Mueller had to do was say the reverse of that. And we're done here. Go home, everybody have a nice night. Let's get back to the business of running the country. All Bob Mueller had to do is say that if we had evidence that the president did obstruct justice, we would have said so in the report. But we don't have evidence that he did did obstruct justice, so therefore he's exonerated. Instead, he flips it around to serve his Democrat masters, to take out his pound of Trump flesh, because he doesn't like the president. He's best friends with James Comey, whom the president fired. He's best friends with James Comey, who leaked information to a reporter by his own words, 
public words so that he could get a special counsel appointed to investigate Trump to try to take him down. And that someone is his best friend, Bob Mueller. All Bob Mueller had to do was was use the language, the verbiage of the criminal justice system as it always has been done. We don't have evidence that someone is guilty and therefore they are not guilty in the eyes of the law. They are not guilty in the eyes of the public. They are not guilty. We have no evidence. Instead, he reverses that and says, we don't have any evidence that he isn't guilty. So therefore, you can assume him to be. And that's the wink and a nod to the Democrats saying, I can't get him because I don't have the evidence here. You take it from here. Impeach him. That's the kind of person we're dealing with here when it comes to Robert Mueller. Did you know that Bob Mueller was a murderer? No? Well, I don't have any evidence that he isn't one. If I had evidence that he wasn't a murderer, I would give it to you. And since I don't have any evidence that he didn't kill anybody, well, then you can just go ahead and assume that he may have. Is that okay? Would that be acceptable? Would that be acceptable conduct on a live radio broadcast or a television broadcast to call someone a murderer absent evidence and say, well, if they were really innocent, we would have evidence of that and he would provide evidence of that, but since we don't, well, then you just go ahead and draw your own conclusions. That would be stupid. That would be ridiculous. That would be insane. I would never do that other than trying to make the example that I'm using right now. You don't call somebody something and say, it because I don't have evidence that they're not, you can go ahead and assume that they are. It doesn't work that way. But that's exactly what he tried to do with Donald Trump. And, of course, the left is all over it. They cannot get enough of it. The president of the United States is not above the law. Bob Mueller just said in to impeach the President of the United States. He just laid it out and said that if he could have indicted him, he would have. So since he couldn't, we'll have to get rid of him this way. That's the most ridiculous, irresponsible thing, as I said, that I've heard from a public official in a very, very long time. All right, it's 916. We're going to get out now, and I want to uh, turn the uh, analysis over to our friend Tom Zawistowski from the Portage County Tea Party and the We the People Convention. He's coming up next right here on AM 1420, The Answer. WHKRadio.com is where to find the Bob France Authority Podcast. Nine twenty one now, the Bob France Authority, as promised. We continue now on AM fourteen twenty the answer with our friend Tom Zawistowski. Tom, of course, uh is the president of the We the People Convention. He is also the uh president of the Portage County Tea Party. He sent out an email blast yesterday to those who follow him by uh via email, uh with some very strong analysis of what Bob Mueller did yesterday. And I said, Tom, I want to hear it on the air today. Tom, thanks for coming on. How are you? Thanks for inviting me, my Bob. Glad to be with you. All right, so I kind of laid out my uh, uh, very, very brief analysis. I did it in a lot more depth over the last three hours on Hugh Hewitt's show, but uh, I, I've kind of laid out in, an, in, a, in a thumbnail sketch what I think about it. Why don't you take it from there? Well, you know, it's very important what you're doing. And, by the way, you did a great job on Hugh Hewitt's show this morning. I listen, you're a real warrior, man. It's great to, to hear you on the national stage as well. But, Thank you. But it's important that we the people 
tell each other what's really going on here because we're being lied to by everyone that you know is 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 on TV today and yesterday and and the, the facts are very clear that the the law says American law is based on the fact that you are innocent till proven guilty and you've made that clear and Bob Mueller yesterday just completely reversed that in one hand he said well if i had found you know evidence that he colluded with the russians i would have charged him but on the other hand when i was looking at obstruction i couldn't charge him because doj rules say that you know he can't charge a sitting president well it can't be both ways and it, and it comes down to and i, I think you know annie mccarthy some of these people really nailed this right after the new statement it shows that this investigation has been phony from the beginning and never should have happened. And the only reason this investigation is going forward is because when we, the people, surprised Washington and the deep state by electing Donald Trump, they were in jeopardy of being exposed for what they've been doing, not just to Donald Trump, but during the whole Obama's years. And and, and this is a cover-up. That's what it is. Mueller's those. When Bob Mueller was named the special counsel, he was the fixer. That's his job. His job was to make sure that the investigations into what they had done, the FBI, the DOJ, the Obama administration, had done, that it never got investigated. And and when Trump got elected, they had to do something. And now they're desperate because with Barr, you know, really looking into things, and President Trump just authorizing him to release the documents that prove what actually happened. They need an impeachment to distract America from the real facts. And it's all they've got is accusations. We've got facts. We've got emails. We, you know, we've got proof on our side, but we've got to get that out there. And, and as I said at the end of my email, Bob, I think you'll agree. You know, the fate of our nation is in the hands of Donald Trump and Attorney General Bill Barr. Because if these criminals are not brought to justice, we will never have a fair election again in our lives. Tom Zawistowski is our guest from the We the People Convention, Portage County Tea Party. Tom, so very, uh, you know, I, I talked about this um, earlier this morning as well. I, I, Bill Barr needs to respond to this. He needs to step up, and he needs to point out everything that you and I have been pointing out here about the rule of law, about innocence until proven guilty, about lack of evidence to even bring charges, et cetera, et cetera. Everything they just pointed out. And, and, and he also needs to put on display the cover-up that you just laid out, because I've just about had my fill of listening to Democrats accusing Donald Trump and the Trump team of a cover-up when they're the ones who want to declassify Every document associated with the Russia investigation, they have absolutely nothing to hide. They're willing to do this. They have spent unprecedented amounts of hours testifying when being called by uh, by uh, Mueller, Mueller team officials, investigators, lawyers, uh, and so on and so forth. Not to mention, while congressional committees have been calling them uh, uh, to speak on these things. Uh, over the course of the last two years, they literally have nothing to hide. They're the ones being accused of the cover-up by people who are indeed trying to cover up uh, all of the uh, the chicanery that went on, and quite frankly, the illegality that that, that uh, took place at the highest levels of the FBI. Well, you know, I think you and all of your listeners, and I, and, and all Americans are really sick and tired of words and want to see actions. And and it was disturbing to me when President Trump finally announced a week ago Friday that, you know, he wants this these documents declassified, but instead of saying, I want them declassified tomorrow, he said, I authorize 
Attorney General Barr to declassify them when he gets around to it. That's not good enough. You know, can you imagine how hard it must be to be Jim Jordan? Think about this, Bob. He has seen these documents like two years ago. He knows all this stuff, but he's prohibited from putting it out because it's quote unquote it's classified. classified right? right. So, so he must be going insane. I mean, I talk to Jim fairly often, and it, how hard must that be? We need real evidence exposed. We need real charges. I am just so angry that if you remember, we're waiting for the IG report, right? The next IG report. But people forget that the IG report that came out like in 2017, it recommended that McCabe be charged. It recommended he be fired and that he would be, that he should be investigated for lying in the, to the FBI and, and, and basically, you know, these texts and emails and stuff that they were doing. Well, where is, where's the charges against him? You know, if someone on our side does something wrong, they're perp walking them on TV within 24 That's right. hours. Right? But we got all this stuff, all this evidence, and nothing ever happened. Now, I sent you something yesterday, and I hope you're going to post it, and I hope, and I don't know when you would have time, would have had time to listen to that 15-minute interview on WMAL Radio by Joe DeGeneva. If you can post that, I think if you can't, go to wethepeopleconvention.org, and you'll see a link to it in my press release from yesterday. Joe DeGeneva lays out things that the American people need to understand how bad this is. This isn't about just what happened to President Trump. They were spying on every presidential candidate. They were spying on presidential candidates in 2012. They were spying on Senate candidates. The Obama administration com- was completely politicized and weaponized. And, and I, I urge your listeners Get the book, The Intimidation Game, by Kimberly Strassel. The Intimidation Game. This, I'm in the book because it started talking about the Tea Party targeting. But this book shook me to my core when it showed how OSHA and, 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 and the FDA and every single agency of our federal government was weaponized to attack conservatives. Literally. And yeah, I, uh, I did. I did listen to that interview actually last night before I uh, went to sleep, and uh, it is it is very disturbing. And and what's important is when you say that the Obama administration was weaponized. It, it's it's you know the Obama administration can be if he wishes, if he wishes to have a political administration uh, in the West Wing. I guess he can do that. But what can't be allowed is for the Department of Justice to be weaponized, for the DOJ, the FBI, and yes, the IRS as part of that for them to become weaponized as obviously they were against the tea party these are what are supposed to be above the law they're supposed to be sacrosanct uh you know the investigators the uh the the uh uh, arbiters of justice including the attorney general these people are supposed to be above all of that and and uh you know the politicization of of maybe the rest of an administration so when we find out everything that we knew and what you pointed out and uh, joe degeneva pointed out about all of the investigations since Obama was in office, going all the way back uh, into his first term. That is what should be uh, uh, appalling to the American people, not just what they've done to Trump, but w- but how they literally turned the most sacrosanct uh, uh, elements of our government, the Department of Justice, uh, against the people. I've got 30 seconds for your last thought. Bob, this is a war. They are fighting to win, and yesterday Bob Mueller showed you they'll do anything to win. We need action. 
Lindsey Graham should today subpoena Mueller to testify in the Senate because they could then ask him the questions that Mueller doesn't want to get asked and won't get asked in the House. This is a war. We must win it. These people must be investigated, arrested, and charged for the crimes they've done against our country, or we won't have a country. Tom Zawistowski, very well said, my friend. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for having me on, Bob. Our terrific cavalcade of guests can uh, continue after the news. Peter Kersenow next. Nine thirty-five. We roll onward. AM fourteen twenty. The answer. Thanks for joining us. If you were listening to the Hugh Hewitt program this morning, you probably already heard everything I have to say about the Mueller statement, which uh, of course is not necessarily uh, walking hand in hand with the Mueller report. He sought to muddy the waters, and uh, I thought he did a pretty good job. But there is something that he cannot uh, he cannot cast a pall. Charge a broader conspiracy. I'm sorry about that. I thought that was queued up. I want to make sure you hear that last part. Very important to this activity, as well as our conclusion that there was insufficient evidence to charge a broader conspiracy. Insufficient evidence to charge a broader conspiracy. That, my friends, is the definition of exoneration. We have no evidence to prove somebody conspired, i.e. colluded, with uh, the foreign government in question. Therefore, they are innocent. End it right there. Instead, Mueller muddied the waters, cast that pall that we talked about over things by suggesting that we don't have any evidence that he didn't obstruct justice. Let's find out what Peter Kirsten now thinks now. Peter, of course, is a Cleveland attorney. He's a member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights, best-selling author, and uh, today he's going to be uh, analyst of the Mueller statement yesterday. Uh, Peter, good morning. How are you, sir? I'm doing great, Bob. 101 more days until we have the um, opener for the rounds, 109 until we have the home opener on Monday night. I'm psyched. And, you know, I don't know what to make of the Indians. It's a roller coaster ride with these guys. I still think they need to blow up the team and, and try to get some bodies for uh, a rebuilding effort. I, I hate to pull the trigger like that, but my goodness, uh, who knows what's going on here? We've got the best pitching staff in baseball, starting pitching staff in baseball, but, you know, they've got to be healthy. Let's uh, set up a lunch with you and the general manager. We'll see what we can put together. Yeah, we'll get it all fixed. <laughs> all right, Pete, uh, you watched it, I assume, and if you didn't watch it live because you were busy, I don't know, working at your law practice, you probably saw it after the fact. Um, I'm just going to give you some broad uh, latitude. Maybe you heard Tom Zawistowski who came on before us here. Uh, from a legal perspective, this doesn't seem to be very hard. It sounds like Bob Mueller is trying to change the longstanding uh, history of the criminal justice system here by assuming a president can be found guilty uh, without being, or excuse me, can be proven guilty without the presumption of innocence. Yeah, I didn't get a chance to hear Tom. I suppose I probably will uh, say pretty much the same thing he does. But um, the first thing I would say is not a statement. I would just ask a question. Why? Why did he do this? Why did Mueller come out? That's the first thing that I would ask. It's so peculiar. He issues this 400-plus page report after he has all these prosecutors who are rabid Clinton partisans. Remember who these people were. This is astonishing. You've got to set the table here. He had these folks. It's almost as if he took the Clinton campaign and said, you guys lost. Now find every reason why we should be upset that you lost and try to do the best you can to smear Donald Trump in the entire campaign. And then he lets them loose. They've got all these FBI agents, all these subpoenas, tons and tons of money, spend two years doing this and come up with nothing. Then he issues the 400-page report, and then 68 days later, comes out and gives a pipsqueak interview. Now, understand what's going on here. What we know is that uh, there's no crimes, right? A prosecutor 
is supposed to have probable cause in which to indict. And I, I know I heard a part of what you said when I was driving in, and he's turned that on its head. I think the reason for all this is a direct reaction to Donald Trump telling Barr to declassify these documents. Because one of the things that's quite interesting, and I think it's a question, maybe the best question in this entire endeavor was asked by Andy McCarthy. And that is, when did uh, these folks, meaning Mueller and his team, know that there was no collusion? And McCarthy says, and I agree with it after looking at the analysis, and it was not just his, that when Mueller was first appointed a year and a half ago, it only took him about a month before he realized there's nothing here. And the evidence of that is that they didn't renew the FISA application. In other words, they knew that the FISA application and all of the evidence, including the Steele dossier, if, in other words, if they had a FISA application renewed, they could have conducted an investigation to determine whether or not it was Russian collusion. But they knew all of it was false. So what were they doing for a year and a half? Why did they continue this investigation beyond the midterms? And the question answers itself. This was a political prosecution almost well, from the outset. We all knew it was. But they had come to a conclusion, even on the merits, that there was nothing there, and yet they continued on. And then he comes out now, as I said, 68 days after he gives all the evidence he has, which is nothing, there's nothing there. He cannot charge. And I heard you say that he's upended the... the um, presumption of innocence, and that's precisely right. That's a frightening thing coming from someone as powerful as a special special prosecutor going after the President of the United States. This, what's going on here is truly mind-boggling. Um, the hope is that members of Congress, meaning in the Senate, get to the bottom of this, because many of us have been saying, and I said it almost from the outset, this is the greatest political scandal in American history. We are seeing an attempt by the permanent bureaucracy, the elites in Washington, to try to upend an election. This is serious stuff. It's, and, and the more that gets revealed, the more serious it becomes. And what's incredible about this is the complete capitulation by the media, the abandonment of all standards, I mean, all standards whatsoever, and just going along with the narrative of the Democratic Party. I've pretty much said for a long, long time that the Democratic Party and the media is indistinguishable, but they are acting in a clearly reprehensible manner. Either they're galactically stupid or they're fatally biased, and I happen to think it's both. They've been wrong for two years. They've been wrong for two years, and not just wrong. I mean, they are intentionally putting out, you can't be that dumb. You can't be that dumb to put out some of the statements they've been making repeatedly. And now we have this effort toward impeachment. This has been one giant effort from the very beginning, first to get Hillary Clinton elected, and then to undo the election of Donald Trump. It's as serious as it gets. This is a, a titanic scandal. And one other thing about this, I mean, there's so much to say about this, Bob. I don't even know, yeah, know. where to begin or end. Right. But if you've read any of the reports about the uh, chief FISA judge, Rosemary Collier, she happened to have been a former National Labor Relations Board member, but she wrote a scathing report about these FISA applications, 85% of these applications they later determined 
were fraudulent. That's extraordinary. What is going on there? It, and it, the deeper effort here is we saw an effort on the part of the Obama administration long ago to use the various instrumentalities and organs of government to promote their agenda and to spy on individuals and to go after private citizens that they believed frustrated their agenda. And not only did they go after private citizens, they went after congressmen and senators, for example, who opposed the administration's position with respect to Israel. They took the, the whole matter of the IRS scandal, um, is just the tip of the iceberg. The, the, uh, there's a considerable amount of evidence out there that the IRS was weaponized far beyond what we saw with respect to the Tea Party, that there were thousands, if not even hundreds of thousands, of IRS files that were sent over to the Obama administration. And there are little snippets of evidence out there that we tend to forget because they're raised and then they're dispensed with because we've got a completely corrupt media right now. And then you tend to forget about them. But remember, and I believe it was Sheila Jackson Lee, who several years ago said, and then they quickly tried to cover it up. She said, and I, she said it inadvertently, that this president, meaning Obama at the time, had compiled complete dossiers on just an innumerable number of Americans. And for a moment, people were saying, what the heck is she talking about? And I think she kind of let the cat out of the bag before we realized what was going on with respect to the IRS and all these other agencies, and now with respect to the special counsel. So um, anyway, I'm kind of disjointed and long-winded explanation to say, this is as serious as it gets for any of your listeners who thinks, well, maybe I think it's serious, but I'm not sure that it really is. No. It is as serious as it gets. This dwarfs Watergate. Watergate is a pimple compared to this. And as I've said numerous times, you know, the old thing about if a tree falls in a forest but there's nobody there to hear it, does it make a sound? Well, if there's a titanic scandal abroad the land but the media fails to report it, is it still a scandal? Yes, it is. And it's a bigger scandal because the media is complicit in it. That's a great uh, way to summarize that. Pete, let me get a timeout now. I want to come back. I'm going to talk about the future. I'm going to ask you to put on your Karnak hat and uh, tell me where the Democrats go from here and also what you think Bill Barr is going to do in response to yesterday's uh, press conference or statement uh, read by Bob Mueller. He was not in D.C. when this went down yesterday. He was in Alaska, and I don't think it's coincidental that they, they scheduled this thing uh, when he was not around to respond to it immediately. So I want to get your thoughts on that as we continue with Peter Kirstenau. On AM 1420, The Answer. All right, 951 now. We continue with Peter Kersenow, Cleveland attorney, member of the United States Commission on Civil Rights, best-selling author, and Pete. Um, you heard what you heard. I want you to play, or excuse me, I want to play for you, and I want you to listen to this. Uh, Alan... Lichtman is a professor, one of the very few who ignored the polls and applied his own formula to correctly predict Donald Trump's victory over Hillary Clinton in 2016. 
And this is what he has to say about the Democrats' plans going forward. Unless the Democrats grow a spine and do their constitutional duty and move into an impeachment inquiry, and I think the evidence will show ultimately an impeachment. It's a false dichotomy to say Democrats have a choice between doing what is right Hmm. and what is constitutional and what is politically right. Impeachment is also politically right right now based on my system there has to be six negative factors against the party holding the white house the trump party to predict their defeat they're down only three but an impeachment would nail down the scandal key a fourth key it might trigger other keys like a real challenge to his renomination or a third party enough to defeat him So what this professor is saying is that unless they impeach him, they cannot beat him. They cannot, and that's why you hear every member of the 2020 Democrat cesspool of candidates all saying we need to impeach, because I don't think any of them believes they can beat him in a general election. Well, they can't. I mean, he's right about that. Uh, First of all, I, I think it's deplorable that we would use impeachment as a tool to get uh, a, an election victory. But he's right. If you look at the metrics right now, there's never been a president who has lost a um, an election where you've got the kind of unemployment numbers and GDP numbers that this president has that are historic. This arguably is the best economy of our lifetime, maybe one of the best in history. So they know there's what is their message? What's the Democrats message? Vote for us and we'll go back to the Obama years of stagnation. They've got nothing to say other than we're not Donald Trump. And they're trying to besmirch Trump and his followers as much as possible. And I think the latter is a big political mistake on their part. But to get to what Lichtman was saying, the Democrats are actually between a rock and a hard place. It is true, I don't know his six metrics, but if they've only fulfilled three, it, it's true that based on where we are right now, Democrats cannot win. That just can't happen. Um, but they're between a rock and a hard place because if they go ahead and impeach, that is going to boomerang against them. People are going to be upset with respect to impeachment. You've seen, you know, in, in the Clinton examples raised very often, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be replicated in this instance. But people have already voiced their objection to impeachment. A majority of voters out there say they have no stomach for impeachment, and it's going to become abundantly plain that this is nothing but a charade on the part of the Democrats, and it's going to come out at the wrong time, too. If they impeach, it is really, I think, an attempt to salvage something out of what they believe is going to be a debacle when the Durham and Horowitz and Huber reports come out and also the declassification of documents. As many have said, the worm has turned. It's more than just a worm turning. This is a boa constrictor turning. And we have looked for two years for some kind of wrongdoing on the part of Donald Trump. Haven't been able to find it, find it but there is copious evidence of wrongdoing by multiple individuals in multiple levels of government, and all is on the Democrats' side. 
Peter, uh, let me go to the Republican side. And it's kind of weird when I say that because I don't want to give fuel to the argument that uh, Bill Barr is acting in a partisan manner on behalf of his Republican president, his boss, uh, because I don't think he is. I think he's being exactly what he's supposed to be, and that is uh, you know, the top cop in the land. He's supposed to enforce the law. He's the head of the Department of Justice. Now, he was not there yesterday. He wasn't able to respond to this. He was, uh, he was in Alaska doing other work. And... Um, what do you expect he will say in response to what he heard from from Mueller yesterday? Particularly, you know, the fact that Mueller started out his conversation by saying the report speaks for itself that he wrote, right. and then chose to speak for it uh, for you know for for the length of that uh, that statement, contradicting a lot of what he actually said in the report. What will Barr's response be? And do you believe that the president's order to declassify virtually every document associated with Russia, the Russia probe is going to lead to what many many are hoping, and that is um, eventual uh, uh, justice against Clapper? Brennan and Comey. Yeah, I'll answer the, the first, uh, the last first, and that is, I think that declassification is what has everybody on the left going crazy. I think they're scared to death because they're aware of the fact that there has been this fabrication of a scandal, and illegalities have occurred as a result of that. And I think they're really, really petrified. That's why you're seeing all the machinations that we're currently seeing, including, I think. Mueller coming out to make a statement that added absolutely nothing to the 440 pages. And I think what Barr will say, to answer your your first question, is that uh, there was nothing new here. And more importantly, in his discussion with Mueller, right after the report came out, Mueller told him that there was absolutely no daylight between what Barr said, Barr's summary of the report, and what Mueller found. Nothing whatsoever. The real question is, why did Mueller come out, again, 68 days after, give an eight-minute pathetic rendition of what the report said with an emphasis or trying to smear Trump by emphasizing certain things in a way that were, frankly, duplicitous? I mean, it was really reprehensible what he did, but added nothing to it. He just added a simple cast to the facts. He still has absolutely nothing and appears to be frustrated. And the answer clearly is that the declassification and the culmination of the three, at least three separate investigations, not including the Senate investigations and and other uh, matters that we may not even be aware of, but we know of, Huber, uh, Horowitz, and Durham, Mm -hmm. I think that it's pretty clear that it's going to be revealed that the real scandal was on the other side and that, you know, Mueller comes out at a time when He's concerned, I believe, because there have been growing cries for him to come before Congress. He doesn't want to testify before Congress because, as I indicated before, but one of the first questions Republicans are going to ask, I think Republicans are salivating more than Democrats are to have him testify. Democrats want the theater. Democrat, uh, Republicans want the facts that are damning. They're going to say, well, wait a minute. You began your investigation nearly two years ago, but it became abundantly clear within a month that there was nothing there because you refused to reauthorize the FISA warrant. Why did you continue the investigation with all your rabidly partisan investigators? Why did you do so and then come up with nothing? Why did you continue the investigation beyond the midterms? Why are you doing this? And now why did you come out again 68 days later to add absolutely nothing except to cast your findings in a way that would allow the media and Democrats to smear the Trump folks and call for impeachment? 
This has been a political scandal of enormous magnitude, and it's ongoing. It is every bit of that, uh, Pete, and, uh, and, and I'm really, really hopeful that, uh, uh, William Barr is able to, to get to the bottom of this with, uh, you know, with the groups that, the group that you mentioned, Huber and, and Horowitz and, uh, and Durham as well. And the last thing, because we're short on time here, Pete, is to, to look at what the American public thinks. Um, this was on every network yesterday. It's being discussed on every channel today and every internet site and so on and so forth. I think the American people are sick and tired of this. Whether yep. they think it was a witch hunt or not, they feel like it's over and, and, and it's time to look ahead, uh, you know, at this country and decide who the best leader is going forward as opposed to trying to invalidate an election that was two and a half years ago. I feel like this isn't going to move the needle at all for the Democrats the way they hope it is. What, what say you? I agree with you 100%. I was thinking about that over the last 48 hours. I think most people, and and you interact with the people on a daily basis, Bob, I think most people long ago came to their own conclusions about this. There are the rabid Democrats or progressives who are not going to change their mind. Then there are Republicans and conservatives who are not going to change their mind. And the folks who might be persuadable, I think a long time ago they looked at this and to the extent that these are rational individuals, they made a determination that, you know, we keep hearing about all these bombshells, we keep hearing about the walls closing in, and yet when we look at the substance of it, nothing has occurred. So right now, the Democrats, I think, are in bad shape. Nothing that they've tried over the last several decades, all of their tried and true plans, schemes, and the complicity of the media, all the things that they had prevailed upon in the past, they're not working against Trump, and it's driving them crazy. Uh, Given everything that they have done, given everything that the media has been complicit in, all of the obstruction, all of the negativity, 90% news coverage negative on Trump, his approval rating should be around 12%. Instead, it's around 42 to 45%, which is at or above the level that Barack Obama was at the same point of his first term. That is a modern-day political miracle, and that has got to be what has the Democrats terrified about 2020. Peter Kersenow, thank you, my friend. As always, we'll talk to you again next week thanks bob thank you pete 1001 let's get news now dr everett piper next